Thank you very much. Members of the choir, thank you very much. Gentlemen on the musical appliances, looking forward to having gentlewomen. Since you say, by the conventional, secular, rustically induced ideology of the world, that what a man can do, a woman can do better. I'm looking forward to seeing some men on the women on the keyboard, on drums, on the saxophone, on stage preaching the word of God. Whether we like it or not, the women folk have been marginalized in the world, subjected to an unnecessary raw deal, treated vehemently as second class in all things. And because the world is so strong an influence upon the church, and the church has refused to be governed by the etiquette of the world, the word rather, it looks like what is happening to women in the world is happening in the church. There are just very few women preachers. Looking forward to seeing women preach, play the keyboard, play the drums, lay hands on the sick, be a blessing to lives. For indeed, there is neither male, not female, female. Galatians 3 and verse 28, neither born nor free, barbarian or Scythian, Jew or Gentile in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, Galatians 6 and verse 15, neither circumcision availed anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. For in Christ Jesus, Galatians 5 and verse 6, neither being a Jew or being a Gentile avails anything, but a new creature. Rather, but faith that walketh by love. 6.15 speaks of the new creature. I began to preach on Wednesday a follow-up on what Pastor Dr. Uzo preached a while ago at church. By the way, I welcome once again the Grace Network pastors. Let's put our hands together for them. Church leaders who are here for the campus pastors, Jeanette campus pastors conference. And I'm trusting the Lord we're going to have many more of these meetings. The moment we're able to strategically touch members of GNET through their leaders and through other conventions outside of the regular camp meeting, August everywhere, every year, will make better impact. So it's, it's, it's joy in my heart that your hand, and it's first of a kind, and I trust the Lord we're going to have many more of such meetings, small gatherings in quote, where it's not just the camp meeting, but then something a little more special with respect to um, relating and feedback 
on interactions, on discussions, on dialogue. Let me just start like I started on Wednesday and then just add some things to it. Bible reading is the legal, sensible, logical, and biblical approach to being able to grasp, to come to terms with, to know, identify, recognize, and perceive divine message. This is just the way whereby when you read Ephesians 3, you begin to read from verse 3 on 4, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Just leading. I didn't get this on time, but when I did, my life changed completely as a Christian in the pursuit of God with better perspective and approach in knowing God. You can't thrive well, a Christian, without being filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Walking worthy of the Lord. First Thessalonians 2 and verse 12. Walking worthy of God who has called us to his kingdom and his glory. There are no two ways to it. Religion may promise, when, when I say religion, I simply mean right now, having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. Religion may promise several thousands and several hundreds of ways you are able to perceive and understand or know God. But I'm looking through the Bible and there's no shortcut to it than the painstaking labor and effort at being filled with appropriate, accurate, full, replete information about him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 verse 10. And I said, grammatically, We're talking about in linguistics or language understanding having fluency, generally called fluency. When we talk about fluency, it's not just related to speech or speaking. It speaks of an overall grasp of a language. If you are able to speak partially and you are not able to read or write, you may not be said to be fluent in a language. 
listening first. Your auditory canals. Your semicircular canals. Your ears must hear. I deliberately did something some years ago. I deliberately began to talk slowly. When a number of disciples would just come and just look on. With rapturousness. With very seeming intensive desire to hear. Some years I used to strut across like an antelope. I strut across the stage like this, preaching the word of God. And I notice that a number of people will fling on their neck, they go like this and like this and like this. And at the end of church, we're talking and they say, it was just, it was all inspiring. It was so, it was so powerful. Where are you from? Some few minutes, few hours, few days, few moments later, we're talking and the man is talking too many things against what I had just preached. Sampling feedback, I discovered many people who heard me did not hear me well. I'm talking so fast, I'm enjoying myself, I'm quoting scriptures. Complete, partial, incomplete. Just quote the scriptures feeling cool. I said, there is, there is more to teaching these people. Whether as a preacher, as a teacher, you must teach. The word of God must be taught, really. A preacher, an evangelist must teach Christianity. If you don't teach Christianity, nobody will understand it. No matter who you are. You're a prophet, you're an apostle, you're an evangelist, you're a teacher and pastor. Teacher and pastor and teacher together, one ministry. Too deep. Every teacher must start a church. What does this mean to you? So deep. I said, if I must teach these people the word, then I must be sure they are hearing me. So you must be apt, awake, alert, revived to hear. So, listening, then speaking, reading, then writing. In that order. My brother, my sister, you must be able to read the Bible. In whatever language of rendition is on ground. Literary devices, grammatical lexes are things of uttermost importance. She must not be like Smith Wigglesworth. In this area. 
I hear it's good to be zealously affected in a good thing. Not only when I'm around like Paul will say, but even when I'm absent from you. But you must not follow Smith Wigglesworth in this area. Who says some read their Bibles in Greek, some read in Hebrew, but I read my own Bible in the Holy Ghost. This is a mockery of Christianity. If you can't read your Bible in the language of rendition, then you can't possibly read your Bible in the Holy Ghost. And it, this spiritual coloring or coloration, this spiritual supernatural thing we add to it and we say, well, the Lord spoke to me. I, I just got a revelation. Um, actually, it was by dream. Magio said it. Outside of what the Bible says, grammatically, is completely fishy, suspicious, and erroneous. This is a very major issue with, I think, the body of Christ day. Most people who read their Bibles don't read well in English language. Get it straight. The Bible is not a spiritual book, like we have been told. It's not. It's a physical book. It's, it's a piece of history book. It's, it's literature. This is just a book. The spirituality is not contained in the high sounding bombastic words we use about it. The spirituality is in the content. It's in what it says. It's not how it said. It's in what it says. I know we have a lot of emotions spiraling around the world. We have a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. It looks like the world is getting more emotionally unstable than ever before. Human beings are getting emotionally dubious than ever before. Human beings are getting emotionally overrun than ever before. And as it is, we tend to pay particular attention to inflections. How words are said, what we say, especially with the pitch, the voice resonance, the, the kind of key. But in the ultimate, the power of any conveying sentence or language, a word or a phrase, is in what it says. I've preached this in this church, not once, not twice. I've preached. The power in the word is, is the ability, the possible consummation of what is being expressed, revealed, or said. Somebody could say to you, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And sets you thinking. Sets you thinking. And 
You are thinking of the context. You are thinking of where the person is saying it. I, may I quickly tell you that in this church, somebody just gets up and says, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You may think the person is out of her sense or his senses. But if you see a fair damsel in one corner, even if she looks like a lunatic, saying to you, I love you, I love you, you may not run too far. Because you never can tell what she means by she loves you. I said, even if she's a lunatic. And I've seen folks who married lunatics before. Say, this girl is too beautiful to be mad. Rather go mad with her. Somebody comes and says, in a very sonorous and seductive way, I am going to kill you. Sounds very sonorous. I may not really have the best of pitch to express that right now, but then the, 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 the contents of this very sonorous, very seductive, very erotic, very exotic, very appealing, very mesmerizing and tantalizing phrase is uh, somewhat, I am going to kill you, leaves much to be desired. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the words of men, just like the words of human philosophies and education, just like educational understanding, the contents of the Bible are so important as vehicular conveyor of the mind of God. You can't, you can't possibly get to know until you read. And the man says at 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 13, we are not writing between the lines. Please, oh God, don't read your Bible between the lines. This is where the error comes. We write none other things unto you than what you read and acknowledge. Surface value. Somebody says, hey, 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 should I just believe the Bible like this? Yes! This is the point of error. We are trying to dig deep. Don't dig deep. Don't close it up and meditate. If you must meditate, you must meditate the context. Did you hear me? I have never said meditating which 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 means you see to ponder, think on, to assimilate in our usage as opposed to repetitiveness under the Old Testament. Under the Old Testament, the idea of meditation was a constant repetition for reminder to be able to do according to the stipulated rules and regulations. For in this was God's blessedness only if you can think, remember to do you are blessed. In the New Testament, as it is, we are already blessed in Christ Jesus. When we talk about meditation, we are not talking about trying to muse or repeat to ourselves. We can at the very best talk about mm-hmm, First Timothy 4.15, being diligent or careful in what we have, or for secular usage, think the word. And when you are thinking the word, you must be careful the moment you close your Bible and ponder a verse, you may just be on your way out of its context. Did you get this? 
must read. And you must, you must get the message that you have read. This is a revelation of spiritual content. Now, that it's spiritual content is not something you must learn from outside. You must learn it by reading the book. The book must be a guide to what it says. Like every other book. Intellectual studies are vital. The reason why science has developed this way. <laughs> you need to watch certain channels. You need to read wide. You need to solve the net to solve the net to know how far technology has gone. Very, very far. I mean, unimaginable proportions of discoveries. Things you, you won't believe ever existed now exist. Things you would not believe. Water at extremely high pressure through a fine capillary can slice a man's throat like with a razor. Very thin cut. I mean, I'm just here. Somebody blasts a laser ray or water at such pressure and you just see that my neck drops. Just see blood spill. I'm dead. Very thin cut. Tinier than a razor cut. It just goes are dead. The power of Lisa. Think about it. There are several scientists all over the world. Some paid, some not paid. Some for the love of humanity, some for career. Who are spending several hours in the laboratories researching the way forward. So human beings are reaching some scientific cutting edge that are dazzling. There are just too few Christians reading their Bibles in such proportions of research, of discovery, of being able to accurately Preach the Bible with clear cuts, unambiguous and non-complicated exegesis, elucidation or exposition. There are very few. I hear that less than 1% of Christians in the world read their Bibles at all. If there are about 3 billion Christians on earth, and maybe 500,000 born again. Just less than 1% of these 500,000 who are born again. Don't be surprised that of 7.3 billion humans on earth, maybe just about 500,000 are born again. Don't be surprised. Several Christians don't even know what it means to be born again in the first place. <laughs> so what are we talking about? Of this 1%, 1% of 500,000, my brother, my sister, Less than one percent study their Bibles. I mean, read with such interest of an elaborate understanding. Read with 
with a coverage that, that is like an overview. Read with the contents as the border within the circumference of what he says. I said reading is important, my brother, my sister. I said number two, I said contextual. What does this mean? Most times when people preach, detect how they clearly, cleverly extricate certain portions of verses of the Bible and chapters to preach what they feel is right. All you need to do is just read the verse or the chapter. That's all you need. And it's always very clever. It's always very crafty manipulation. You just see somebody just quotes half of the verse. <laughs> somebody just avoids, avo- deliberately avoids what the verse is saying. So, because if you don't avoid what the verse is saying, you will not be able to preach what you are preaching. You must avoid, you must technically just avoid it. Therefore, if any man, if any man, therefore, if any man, if any man, a new creature, my brother, if you want to be a new creature, you must be a man. You must be a man. And when you have become a new creature, then you will become a man. From being a new creature, you become a man. From being a man, you become a new creature. A new creature, you become a man. Let's pray that we become new creatures. That's all. And I could give you examples. I've taught that one again. This, this, this idea of not, not, not clearly stated. I had a preacher say, the reason, oh, no, no, not just a preacher. This Sunday at the larger, the pastor of one of the largest Pentecostal churches in Ukraine, he said that the reason why Pentecostals in Nigeria quote scriptures is so they can quote scriptures out of context to deceive parishioners. I almost believe it. Almost. That I'm quoting you a verse so you won't see it. I will shroud it up. I will make you misconceive it. I will misrepresent it. And at the end I will tell you this is what it says. But if you just have the time, brother, sister, to read the Bible in context, you save your head a lot of trouble. Say, no, 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 Emoji, look at, look at verse 2. Huh? Emoji, look at verse 1. He said, but, uh, but, 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 but what? James 1.22, but be ye doers. But what? Okay, James 1.16, do not err my blood brethren, but, and it follows like that. It's a context. But I think we are looking out for revelations. Once it was called the reign of the So, I'm looking out for a revelation. 
motivational statement. That sounds like it. I'm not interested in reading. I'm not interested in the context. I'm interested in how it sounds. So I make God's word say what it is not saying. You save yourself the trouble if you can stay with the context. Now, it may not be cheap. It's just some little more label. That's the chapters are important. The book is important. The testament is important. It's so vital that if you miss it, you have missed it. I've had people argue with me and say to me, what is the big deal about it? Whether it's old or new, it's God's word. And I've said, because you cannot divide with a thin line between the testament, you are in a huge error. I made a man quoting, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the motion shall abide forever. And he was quoting and quoting. And I said, sir, who are you to dwell in the secret place of the most high? He said, I'm David. I feel David. I said, fulfilling David, you go to hell. For the kingdom of God is not for David. The kingdom of God is for the new creation. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Because we don't know to read. Because we have no sensibility for what the Bible teaches on surface value. Because of preconceived notions and sentiments. Because of this mongrel, corner drum and confusion of lack of contextual appraisal. We have huge errors in the body of Christ. I'm scared. I'm scared for this generation. I'm, I'm scared for the word circles. Non-contextual presentations. And many of us just, amen, yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. But, sir, sir, uh, sorry, sir, sorry, sir, this verse, did you see the first verse? Well, it's only the same thing, though. <laughs> this verse, there's a way it flows. Would you try to read your Bibles like there were no verses? Why not? Read the books like there were no chapters. Why not? Just read it through. And do it speedily. Don't read one verse this morning, one verse tomorrow. Read an entire book through. Try it again. I read the Bible to a point personally where... If I'm reading Galatians chapter 6, I remember everything from chapter 1. I said everything. And for books that are not that easy for me to grasp, or maybe they have larger contents, what I do is this. If I'm reading Luke, and I'm at chapter 8. My brother, I, I have my fingers affixed at chapter 1 and 2 and 3. 
I mean, I'm looking at something and I'm, I'm trying to correlate what I'm seeing at chapter 24 with chapter 12 and chapter 11. And then, and then I'm thinking of chapter 8. I, I, I remember chapter 6. I mean, I mean, I'm correlating. I'm, that is the way to do it. it does, this is the only way to do it. She must, she must get the concise, the bulk, the, the, the entire scope. This is the safest educational truth in a Bible reading. She must, she must get it in one block. Then you are able to, by an overview, estimate what is being said. And I said some other things on Wednesday. So funny, it's not on tape. It's not on tape. Something happened and technical men were talking in tongues in their sleep. So I spoke about the Christ concept. I said some other things. And I said, there's this serious issue in the midst This ideology of Sir, I agree with this part of the Bible. I agree with this truth of scriptures. But I don't agree with this other one. And I'm asking you why. He said, look, it looks like this is very easy to believe. This I doubt very much. I, I, MOG, I agree with you on this, but on this, I don't agree with you. And, and I've always said, agree with me is not as important as agree with the Bible. If we are not careful, we're going to get this thing to personal conflict and clashes and embitteredness and arguments and decisions. Let's, let's never make it. I want to argue with Revo now. I want to argue with my pastor. I want to contend with my pastor. Let's look, make it look like. Let me check my Bible. No, Revo. Nobody knows everything. Nobody knows everything. Nobody is an island. Nobody is a bastion of knowledge. Nobody is an emporia of all information that is spiritual. God cannot reveal all to a single man. Nobody knows everything. I agree. The Bible does. How does it sound? Nobody knows everything. The Bible does. Until we all submit to the authority of the scriptures. And stop this sentiment of, you don't know all. I don't know all. Let's agree with what we know. Bring your small. I bring my, until we all submit to this infallible, inerrant truth. Revealed by the spirit of God. Not accurate as a composition of literature. Accurate by information of spiritual details. What makes Bible accurate is not how possibly we're able to check and say, uh, there was a verse at First Kings 
that was becoming wrong at Second Kings, First Chronicles and Second Chronicles. There was something Moses said at um, um, Deuteronomy. He didn't say at Psalms. That's not the point. The point is the the message. And and if the Bible does not have a singular message, we are finished. Are you in church? Carelessly. Very carelessly. Some folks said at Acts of the Apostles, like I shared with you last Wednesday, 15, just carelessly, and certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the man of Moses, ye cannot be saved. And then Paul said, Ah, uh, well, you guys, I think that, um, I think that, um, carelessly, at First Corinthians 15 from verse 12, certain brethren at the Corinthian church said, There was no resurrection. One time, Pastor of Word Herald Assembly says, Revo, God cannot heal. I said, What did you just say? He said, While I was at Word Herald, I never witnessed a cellular or an organic miracle before. I said, Those miracles. I did in the presence of you and many witnesses. What happened? He said they were all psychosomatic. That is, psychological amelioration of cells with your body defense mechanism being awakened or your immune response system being awakened because of um, psychological things like singing. Clapping to step out of depression. Like just lifting hands and cancers disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> Psychosomatic. I said, sir, what is the meaning of this? The truth is, I do not believe. I do not believe God can heal. What happened to you? Some brethren at 1 Corinthians 15, you know what they said? They said, there is no resurrection. And then, and then what did we say? I was, uh, you see, the truth of the matter is this. Uh, since, since um, uh, it's the same thing. <laughs> I showed you some verses on Wednesday. Let me show you some of them today again. Do you believe John 14 and verse 12? Jesus answered and said unto them, He that believeth on me, the works I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Can you raise the dead? You don't believe you can raise the dead. Did Jesus raise the dead? You say, yes. How did you believe this? You search in the Bible? 
can't raise the dead. How come you don't believe this? How did you get saved? I'm thinking about it. What people call salvation may not be salvation. I guess there's a very, very serious confusion in this salvation thing. Most Christians who say they are saved think so because they came in the church, responded to a call, wept to the altar, and ever since have been trying, trying and struggling to be good people. Each time they fall, they rise through prayers. Each time they fall, they rise again. So, they have no Bible factuality as confirmation or basis of their salvation. Well, I think if we are going to talk about your salvation, we are looking at 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4. We are looking at so then, faith. Romans 10 and verse 12. So then, faith cometh by hearing. 17, Romans 10, 17. And hearing by the word of God. And somebody says, the faith here, what does it talk about? It talks about the faith of salvation. The Christian faith. The faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10 and 10 verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, and I said the word heart is the word mind, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth admittance, or saying the same thing is made unto salvation. You believe in your mind the word of God, You accept that God sent Christ into the world to die for your sins. You admit by his ideology, his own principle, you are a sinner. Jesus was sent to the world to die and take your place. He died an actual death as a man. Sent by God, a God man. Not God and man, a God man. There's a difference between God and man and a God man. God man. Suitable, acceptable to die as man, to rise as God. To die God who cannot die as man who can die. To be raised from the dead as God who cannot die. Raised as man who cannot be raised from the dead. Sounds like a tongue twister, isn't it? It's not. It's not a tongue twister. Just listen carefully. Then with your mouth you admit. And Jesus through the Holy Spirit puts within you eternal life. Ephesians 1.13 In whom ye also trusted. After that, he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that he believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. The seal is the gift of eternal life by the Holy Ghost. Then you are said to be born again. 
it answers to first Peter 1 and verse 23 being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever you say yeah you believe then I say he said the works I do shall you do also and you say you don't believe then you say like the Corinthians said at first Corinthians 15 and verse number 12 <clears throat> are you still in church now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead and there are several things many of us say and then I'm questioning why and I see that the problem is that some way you, you, you accept some part of the Bible at the detriment of other parts. I think you are just confusing yourselves unnecessarily. If I believe what the Bible says, I believe what it says clearly. The Bible is either to be taken as inerrant from the word air. Cannot air. is not Airing is true, very true. It's either the Bible is absolutely true or not true at all if there's a segment not true in it. Let's get it again. The position of the Bible is that there is no error in its doctrinal stance through Christ. It's only in Christ we don't have such errors. If you stay with the Old Testament, it's difficult to assume what I just told you. So I, I tell you, for, for example, I say, I say, the Old Testament is done away with. Then you are like, why are you talking like this emoji? Extremes. Extreme teachings. <laughs> if there is something extreme in the Bible, we should not believe. The Bible is false. Totally. If there is something in redemption that is a lie, the Bible is a lie. If there is something faulty with Christianity that we should just um, keep quiet about and just talk uh, emoji, let's, 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 this is a gray area. Let's stay with what we know. With, with a spite on this truth, the Bible is false. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just preach. Just preach. What are you preaching? If there's no certainty, he rose from the dead. You are a hypocrite. Is a new creature saved forever? I'd rather be quiet about it. You are a hypocrite. You are preaching a gospel of temporal salvation. You are a hypocrite. Let the power of the Lord come down. Emoji, don't forget about you are still a hypocrite. You see, you're not getting it right. 
It's either right or wrong. This gospel we preach does not leave room for dual answers. This gospel is not all mutually inclusive. No. That's a religious message. It's either it is what it says. If it's faulty anywhere, it's a sham. So, if the Bible teaches us that, let's see quickly one or two things. Matthew's gospel, for example, Matthew's gospel, chapter number 9, for example, and verse 35, and when Jesus went about, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, sitting their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. For example, he went about, we look at Matthew's gospel, 12, 15, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Are you still in church? Matthew 14 and verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them and he healed their sick. Matthew 14 and verse 36. And besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Luke 6, 19. There went virtue out of him and healed them all. Luke 5, 17. You read all these and you say, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you get to John 12 and John 14 and verse 12. He that believed on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto the Father. And you say, you don't believe you can heal the sick. The position of seeing some part of the Bible as true, and some other part as faulty, or not to be believed, is a faulty and erroneous one. Very fundamentally, terrible for any sane person to stay at. Some said, some said, there's no spirit. Some said, <clears throat> it takes, it takes, it takes performance it takes laws of God. It takes commandments of the Old Testament. It takes prayer and fasting to do miracles. Like Oliver who always say, there are many, many pastors doing miracles everywhere. They are praying and fasting. But Kenneth will come here and say the word, the word, and Kenneth does not do anything. Oliver says it regularly. So Oliver, for example, believes that it takes fasting and prayer to do miracles. Like many of you. Many of you don't believe in the miraculous because you can't fast, you can't pray. Sincerely, you know you can't. How many of you here are miracle workers? Are you sure? <laughs> when the chips are laid down, are you sure? Have you worked a miracle today? Okay. Thank you for being sincere. Yesterday, shake your head again. No. Last week, shake your head again. No. Last year, shake your head again. No. 
2016? No. The last time was 2003, 14 years ago. That means you're not a miracle worker, you're just uh, talkative. You work miracles in your mind. We're common. It's common in the body of Christ. We just explain some things away. So, at the Galatian church, they said, it takes works. It's happening today. An average Christian does not believe whom the Christian is without any shade of impute of works. There's a mixture. We believe in being saved by works and keeping the works of salvation to make heaven. Some believe grace and say, after grace, I must walk works of works because grace is no grace unless it's perfected by works. What did Paul say? To the Galatians, what did Paul say? Paul said, <laughs> Paul said, um, let's be careful. We may just lose them. We may lose these guys. Revo, we will lose these guys very soon. And there are people we need for life. Sometimes I'm wondering exactly who are meant to serve. Is it God or man? I get very confused. If in a bid not to lose you, I lose God. Because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to deny God to please you. The moment I must preach to please you, he said, he said, if I had pleased men, I am not a servant of Christ. There's a direct contrast between pleasing men and pleasing God. Yes, serious point. What did he say? Oh, foolish Galatians. So you are fools. This is not coming from me here. When I say, shut up, foolish, please don't excommunicate me from your mind. It's scripture. How did Paul respond to that thought? Listen, the thought of, let me just explain using um, conventional things. I, I, I've been praying, but God has not answered. But someone told me that if I add fasting, a bomb will explode. I've been talking to God. I don't know what to do again. God said, somebody I should give a gift. God said, go out. God said, As I jade. I'm trusting the Lord, but God said it's because you are a sinner. So, your sins have become a barrier between you and my ears. The hand of God is not short to save. His ears are not done of hearing. Your sins have separated between you and your God. Isaiah 59. Your sins is a blockade. You are too simple for God to hear you. Are you blessed in Christ? Yes. Do you have faith? You don't have faith. You are not blessed. What did you just say? Are you a Christian? Yes. Do you have faith? I don't. You are not blessed. How did Paul respond to people who had such thoughts? 
called them and then he began to pray for them. He laid hands on their head. He said, Father, have mercy upon them. Oh God, oh God, soften their hard hearts. Oh my father, my father, my father, make them know your word. Oh God, make them. He said, you are fools. He said, you are so foolish. He said, he said, you are unthinking. Are you sure you know what I'm talking about? Where is the place in the Bible? Are you sure you know it? Then don't say yes again. Until you know it. <clears throat> oh foolish Galatians who had bewitched you. See you are fools. You are no longer thinking straight. You were thinking straight to a point. You did run well. Galatians 5 7. Who had hindered you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion commitment of him that calleth you. A little contamination has destroyed your life. First Corinthians 5 and verse 6. Your glory is not good. A little contamination has wrecked you. You are, you are contaminated. So you are foolish. It's foolishness. See, so you are reflecting. See, so you are acting like idiots. Ah, wait. How did you get born again? How did you get born again? Did you receive the spirit of Christ by performance? He that serves the spirit in the midst of you and worketh miracles, doeth he it by the working of the law of the hearing of faith? The move of the spirit of God in the midst of you. Is it because of performance or the word of truth? He that ministered the spirit could not have been talking about individuals. He's saying God who has sent the spirit. God who has worked miracles in the midst of you. How did he do it? My brother, it makes no sense for you to agree with a part of the Bible and disapprove of other parts. To what end? If the Bible is faulty one way, it is faulty in everything. So, like the Corinthians also, they said there's no resurrection and they thought it was nothing. Several things we say, we just say it and we just say it. If it is so, that Christ did not rise from the dead. Christianity is false. If you can't heal the sick. Christianity is false. If you can't make heaven. For being in Christ. Christianity is false. If your spirit is not holy in God's sight. By Christ's blood. Christianity is false. If sins and sinfulness can take you to hell outside of Christ, Christ died in vain. You know what he said? It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live at the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2 and verse 20, verse 21. I do not set aside the grace of God. Hey! For if righteousness cometh by the law, Christ died a wasted death. There are many things we are toying with. 
which directly indicates the Bible is false if they are so. If I seek to speak with tongues, I seek to speak with tongues. And the devil underhand gives me false fake tongues. And it's a demonic tongues. Christ died in vain. For if you been evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask him? So, instead of bread, he gives you a stone. Very simple. He don't need much, much to know this. Just simple. There are many discriminating things we say and believe that are actually injurious to the mentality and the sanity of a human mind to be held at the same time. At the very early stage of ministry, I called it cognitive dissonance. It's a state of delirium or madness in the which you say white, black at the same time. In the which you said, you said he did it, he has not done it. I am blessed, I need to be blessed. I'm empowered, I need to be empowered. I'm saved, I need to be saved. We keep dancing, darting back and forth, confused. Because we don't know how injurious these things are. If it's not absolutely so, Christ lied. Jesus said, John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I am the way into there was only one thing they called the way. The way into the holiest. There was only one thing they called the truth. The labor of washing that was reflective of true color after the washing. There was only one thing they called the life. Jesus was saying, listen, I'm the one, the pedestal of relationship. I am the reality and factuality of this pedestal. I am also the life at the end of the journey. I am everything. Then we say, well, is Jesus the only way? 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 Joel Austin says, this is left to God. Benin says, I want to punch his stomach. But he was blocked by the TV screen. Billy Graham says, there are many other ways. Is Jesus the only way? You don't know. the truth. The same way you have come to agree or accept salvation as true and you are saved. Whatever you see in the Bible as so, take it just the same way. Listen, you will not find understanding God's wisdom on the grounds of human wisdom. You will understand it as God's wisdom. Let me quickly say this to you. You are reading 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 3. The idea of God's wisdom is very simple. When we talk about God's wisdom, we're not talking about strange 
impossible, difficult to be cankled or chuckled or chuckled or understood wisdom. We're talking about God's philosophizings, God's body of reasoning, God's scheme of reasoning. Salvation is not your scheme of reasoning. Being blessed by God is not your scheme of reasoning. Healing power is not your scheme of reasoning. It's God's scheme of reasoning. So what do we mean? We are saying that the scheme is not your scheme. The preaching of the cross is not foolishness in itself. It is foolishness to those who perish. It is the wisdom of God. So what am I meant to do? When I read my Bible and I see a fact of what God has done in Christ Jesus, I accept it by his reasoning. We're going to have a lot of conflicts Mixing God's reasoning with human reasoning. The way I think, the way you think, your strength, your capabilities, your femininity or masculinity, mixed with the new creature will bring confusion. In the zone of the new creature, there is neither male nor female. In the zone of male and female, there is no new creature. Are you getting it? This is a room. By some level of exposure to science, we know of uh, gases in the atmosphere. There are some other possible things that are in the atmosphere we don't know. Science has not discovered. But how do you tell the power of the Holy Ghost is in an individual hair? How do you tell? How do you tell? How do you tell? Well, very simple. The prayer movement says, the way to tell is to ask God to give us power. The faith movement says, the way to tell is to confess it. I have power, I have power. The Bible teaches, for being a new creature, you are empowered. So, we're not looking at the human, the, the, the human perspective. We're saying, this is what the Bible teaches us. These are the last days. These are the last days. What does Paul say? Paul says, emoji, uh, first time, be careful. Paul says, emoji, second time, when you have the privilege to teach them, teach them well. Paul says, be frugal with truth. Paul says, be economical with truth. Paul says, be politically correct. Paul says, just be careful, emoji. There was one neighbor, you bad, hey. Emoji, we are losing crowd, though. Emoji, emoji, hey. Emoji, you are not seeing this thing clearly. I'm your, I love you so much and I'm seeing what you are not saying. One day I preached. I preached at Healing Stream. Pastor Logan is here. After preaching, 
A pastor walks up to me and says, I thank my God I did not invite anybody. Revo, I must tell you because I love you. You have just preached nonsense. I said, wow. You say, are you sure you said wow? Really? Ask him. There was never a time I said, what's that? No. Lie down here, die in the Holy Ghost. I never said this before. After preaching at healing stream, somebody walks up to me and says, Revo, are you saying it's my fault I'm sick? Are you saying it's my fault I'm sick? I've been called names. I've been called names. These are the last days. Let's, let's see. Brother, play the keyboard. I'll close in five minutes. Let's see the character of the last days. And let's, let's look into the Bible. Preach the word. Second Timothy chapter number 4 verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? Have you seen your Bible? Preach the word. I charge thee before God. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead that they are appearing in kingdom. What does he say? Preach the word. The instant in season, out of season. He says, he says, he says, he says, it depends on whom you are preaching to. Are you reading your Bible at all? <laughs> what does it say? Preach the word. The instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke. Exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Okay, let's remove Reprove and rebuke. Let's just exhort. Says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having agitated ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things and do afflictions, do the work of a preacher, do the work of a herald. Do the work of an evangelist. Whether you are an evangelist or not. Do the work of an evangelist no matter who you are. Preach the word. Herald it like a town crier. These are the last days. What did Paul say? Paul said, Paul said, I don't care. I'm just rude in speech. I'm rude in speech. Though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge. No, 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 no. When Paul said I'm rude in speech, you look at the word rude, it speaks of being unconventional. Though I be unconventional, though I don't sound right in your wisdom, is the word rude in speech. Rude. Paul said, I'm not, I'm not sounding conventional uh, but 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 the knowledge i have is a conviction of the divine are you in church so i be rude in speech yes 
not in knowledge. I know what I'm preaching at you. What I'm preaching is not human ideology. What I'm preaching is not human wisdom. I'm not talking about things that sound like what you think you know. I'm not talking about things like sound that things that are correct in your own eyes. I'm not talking about things that look like what you think. I'm talking the wisdom of God. These are the last days. 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 I'm very convinced in my mind that unless Christians who claim to know the truth preach it. This generation will die under the stranglehold of religious lies. I repeat. Don't go around town, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 6 and say, I'm just being rude. I have no character. I'm just a word man. No, 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 no. With patience, with meekness, but with the truth the truth the singular truth the only truth the unchanging truth the uncompromising truth boldly asserted boldly preached what will they say they said to us that things are not this bad because of bad men and their bad deeds they've said to us things are this bad because of the good good men are not doing in spite of the bad bad men are doing can I borrow this little slogan and say the church is this way because those who claim to know are quiet There are no four fronters like Paul. Ah! I said to myself, why am I in the center of controversies like this? Eh? <laughs> they forgot me for a while. Once, Revo said, Revo said, Revo said, Revo, right from campus days. I'm walking to go eat at the Buka. And I find a group of men talking about Ade Adebayo. See, that guy is an antichrist. He's huge, very hairy, very tall. He's black, always in jeans and ankle boots. And I wonder whom they are talking about. And I pass by them. God is my witness, I lie not in the Holy Ghost. I went to pray behind the chapel one day like I used to pray when I was on campus there was a prayer meeting going on they were binding the spirit of Ade Adebayo they were crushing 
God is my witness. Take it for truth. Don't think I'm just trying to make this up. I wouldn't need it for anything at this stage. After how many years? What did I do? I left from where I was. I had been close to them. They had been praying. I suddenly left to their midst. I said, I am a day, a divine. And the prayer meeting scattered. It happened in this auditorium once. But it's a different shade. I went to wash my car. Somehow water dripped into my engine. And there was an explosion. My silencer busted. The chopped down tears was in a steam of prayer. They were binding the devil. I just drove in. Tried to start the car again. The issue developed. So there was an explosion that ripped my silencer into two. Every person in church downstairs scattered out of church. If the first one is a lie, the second is not a lie. I mean, I said, I am, I just, the prayer meeting ended. They left their backs, they scattered everywhere. I took the place over and I prayed for three hours. Into the night when they did not come back, I left. I said, what is the meaning of this? So, I, I leave you with two scriptures. Because at the end of the day, Sounding politically correct, politically correct, or sounding appealing may not just be the way to preach the gospel if it is of Christ. If it's a human religion, why not? Why not? Why not? Galatians 1 verse 6, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 3. Giving no offense in all things that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonment, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love of faith, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the arm of righteousness on the right hand, on the left hand, by honor and dishonor. have friends. You can't preach in the truth. The friends you have must be the lovers of the truth. Hey! You can't have friends cross border. Please. Let me give you an example. Thank you for fellowship people who are here. We had all sorts of programs on campus. Willing to attract unbelievers. At a point, because we didn't have a good choir, we began to use the choir of a fellowship called the El Shaddai Love Fellowship. There was a great singer who could sing the falsetto by the name of Yemi Fagbuaro. We will invite him to come up and sing. He will sing like an angel. After his song, he will move with the choir and the crowd. We will warn him and say, Yemi, we are putting you at the end of the program so you can keep the crowd. He will say, No problem. The moment he's true with his singing, he moves with the crowd. Oh, one of that trick. How do we bring the preacher upstage? Like the unbelievers, you know, the unbelievers do not know our trick. He said, 
don't dress like a preacher. And would you just wear jeans and just a t-shirt? Abe Onufeko came from UI. Jeans and t-shirt with a Bible. As he was walking up stage, people were excited about it. They thought he was one of the singers. Abe had a kind of walk that was like a soldier man. And then he walked. When he got on stage and they saw his Bible, the crowd moved out. I'm talking about sometimes 75% of the audience. One other method. Emoji. Tell them to close their eyes. Not know what to expect. The moderator gets there and says, Alright, please close your eyes. Before eyes are opened again, 75% of people are gone. On many campus, I was in my monkey jacket and my trousers. I was weighing 115 kg at a program we held at Africa Hall. I danced on that stage. And I said, ah, I danced on stage. The moment I said, I, they moved out. After insulting me, I said, dancing. I will not forget a man by the name of Telema Davis. He said, Sir, was this a trick or something? What, what were you trying to do? I said, they told me to dance. They who told you that nonsense? I, said, I don't know. They said, I should dance. But you don't know. I said, I tried. Nah, I used to dance those days. I forgot. He said, it was a washout. I said, okay, she's not. Tell him I stop. You're a small boy now. Huh? The word. Uh -huh. Only the gospel works. as the gospel. Your tricks will, you'll be shocked how your tricks will fail you. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. You invite a toaster. He's toasting you. You know he's toasting you. He say, eh, come to our church first. <laughs> what is the meaning of that one? Church as a toasting. And they are two different things. Come to our church. Okay, let's go to your church. He comes to church. He sits down. I preach fire. I point. I impale his eyes toward the word. He just sits down. At the end of the preaching, he drops a good offering. 10,000 naira. Clean note. Oh, thank you for giving to our church. Yeah, such a poor church. But it's okay. It's okay. Let's go. Where are we going? We have finished your own. Hey, let's go for my own. Let's go. Let's go. Stand to your feet. Give him glory. Bless his name. Thank you, Jesus. All hail the power in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord Jesus. The word no more. The word no more. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.